Hey everybody, welcome to the Utah Royals FC show. We had the honor of having Brittany Ratcliffe on episode 25. Now we're bringing her back for episode 57, which is super exciting. A lot has changed. We're in season two. Obviously, we're going to talk about the injuries, some listener questions. But first and foremost, how are you doing, Brittany? I'm good. I'm hanging in there. I'm excited to be back. This is a I've looked forward to this for a while now, so this is the highlight of my uh, year so far. You are too kind. You are way too kind, but we love it. Um, What was your off-season like? What does an off-season look like for Brittany Ratcliffe? Yeah, so I'm from New Jersey, so um, I think I left Utah last year in October, came home um, to South Jersey, and for the first like month to two months, I kind of don't really even touch a ball that much just because the season's long and you just kind of you don't want to get burnt out so I'll just relax for the first two months and then um, I'll get back into training start running lifting uh, doing a lot of technical work because um, where I'm from it's kind of hard to play on a team like an organized team so um, I do a lot on my own I'll work with um, work with some people do small sided and I'll train with like a boys team once or twice a week Um, And then I do that for six months and then I come back to Utah usually like a week or two before we have to get started just to get used to the altitude and stuff. Makes sense. How hard is that altitude coming right back into it? So it's funny. So my first year in Utah, I, um, I came out and it was, I could feel it a little bit, but I definitely didn't feel it that bad. And I was like, oh, this is fine. And then this year when I came out, I had bronchitis I had like a really bad cold, had bad bronchitis, was like coughing like no other. And um, I came out and expecting not to feel the altitude. And I went to do um, suicides, like sprints. <laughs> I was like wheezing so hard. And I like collapsed on like this high school turf field and just like laid there. and was like, oh, my God, this altitude is killing me. It was so bad. Um but then uh, the next day, I was totally fine. So I think for me, it just it takes me like a day to get used to it. Um, but it's tough. It's it's no joke. You, I always thought it was like a, in people's heads, but when I come out here and and train, it's it's hard. Interesting. I mean, I'm sure that really just gives you such an advantage though when you play at home. Yeah. Well, it's nice when we're training in Utah, training at altitude the whole year and then we'll go to like Florida or Portland and play at sea level and you feel like you can run for miles all day. So it's a, it's a really big advantage for us. I enjoy it. Once you get used to it, it's such a great training environment. Very cool. Very cool. So last time you were on the show, we talked about movies and books and things like that. Um, what do you, what do you do when you're not playing soccer? I guess specifically in the off season. Oh, God, again, it's the same thing. <laughs> I knew I was going to be on this podcast, and I said to myself, Brittany, they're going to ask you what you do in your free time, and you can't say movies again. And I was like, no, I, I love movies so much. Um, so, yeah, I've just been watching um, a lot of movies. I saw Endgame, the, other, uh, the Avengers Endgame, the other day. I've actually been watching a lot of soccer, um, a lot of sports the Philadelphia 76ers are in the playoffs, um, watching a lot of soccer, just watching more sports than normal because obviously I can't play. So I'm kind of getting my fix watching it more than I normally would, which has been nice. You're, you're a Philadelphia fan, right? Of the city Eagles, Sixers. Yes. Yes. Big fan. Um, I'm from South Jersey. So South Jersey and North Jersey are like two totally different entities. North Jersey likes New York. Um, we celebrate like Philadelphia, all things Philadelphia. So it's a big rivalry. So uh, and the last time you were on the podcast, you said um, that you'd picked up a book in coding and I think uh, like auto mechanic stuff. Yeah. Um, and that you just kind of enjoy learning new things. Yeah. Is there anything new, uh, you know, since then that you've been learning or kind of diving into? Well, actually I, um, it's hard. The, I still have my car book and I still read that all the time when I'm like, I I enjoy reading it and learning it. And, um, um, if there's something wrong with the car or something like trying to figure out what's wrong with it, but it's hard when obviously this situation I'm hurt, so I can't really fix things. 
Um, but I actually, once I, uh, I had just had surgery last week. So once things settle down and I'm in able to get into a routine, I, I might take some online courses, um, mm-hmm. and really teach myself some coding like Python and Java and stuff, just because I feel yeah. like the way the, the world is going, it's very, um, into technology and computers. And I took a computer course in college and I was just, it was amazing, like creating something out of nothing, like creating a web page out of just letters and numbers. And mm-hmm. it was just fascinating to me. So I really think in the next few weeks or so, um, obviously I still have my coding book, but it's kind of hard to be uh, diligent when you're not really in a course. It's kind of like on your own. So I think I'm going to try and find some like free online courses um, and really like hammer down and try and teach myself something because I really think it's interesting. Um, I, I, it's just such a cool world and there's so much to learn about technology that I think that's kind of what I'm going to do for the next few months. And it's on a computer, so I don't really have to do any physical labor. Yeah, that's, that's very cool. Yeah. Sweet. Um, Lucas, do you want to jump to your three questions? Yeah. So, um, Brittany, you were drafted by uh, the Boston Breakers in 2016, just after college. What was it like trying to break into a professional team after you'd done really well at the uni- uh, University of Virginia? But, you know, is, is it a fairly different environment? And if so, what's it like adjusting and trying to, you know, get minutes on that, that professional team? Yeah, it's, it's a lot different. I would say, obviously, um, University of Virginia, like I was and playing in the – Atlantic coast conference. Like we were challenged every game day. Like it's a very good conference, but, um, the NWSL is just a whole other, it's a whole other monster. Um, not only are the girls just better, but they're more athletic, they're smarter. So just all of that coming together, like it's just an all around, like better and faster, stronger league. So I would say when I, my first year in Boston, I think the hardest thing for me to adjust to is the speed of play. Um, just knowing you have to know what you're going to do with the ball before you get it, five passes before you get it, how, how this defender is defending you, where your teammate wants you to run, where, you know what I'm saying? There's just Mm -hmm. a lot more that goes into it and you have to process it 20 times faster than you did in college. So I would say that was, um, that was probably the hardest part. Cause I would say a lot of players now really focus on the physicality and everyone wants to be in shape. But when you come into a league where everyone's already in shape, you have to really work on the mental side of the game and being that much smarter than everybody else. So I think that has taken me a long time to adjust to. But I think now having played in this league for four years now, it's it's definitely coming a lot easier. Um, I'll go down and play in college or with like local club teams and um, you just see how the level is just so much slower. Um so I would say playing in the league definitely makes you forces you to think that much faster. So um, Utah Royals have have brought in some new players. Uh, Michelle Mimone comes to mind. What have you seen from you know this new batch of rookies? Uh, do you feel like they're adjusting well? What are, what has their impact on the team been? You know, I guess from your vantage yeah, point, which sounds great. like it's a bit of a distance. Yeah, well, I, I was very fortunate to be out there. Um, again, a few weeks before preseason and then probably for a month to two, maybe a month of preseason. So I really, I got to know them pretty well. Um, and I'm very happy for me. She's really, um, taken her role and ran, ran with it. Um, she's been doing great. Um, I think, and her and all the other rookies, I think in the beginning, it's, it's so new. You're excited. You're trying to meet everyone. You're trying to adjust to life outside of college, trying to adjust to the pros and, I think it can be a little frantic in the beginning, like speaking for myself too, it's just so new. It's so fast. Um, but having watched them play for the month I was out in Utah, they've adjusted so quickly. Like you can tell they're finally like settling in, taking what got them here, what they're good at in college and learning from what the pros have given them and just taking it all and combining it. And they're just playing great. And I'm so happy for me. She's such a sweet girl and, she's really doing awesome with the role she's been given and I'm really happy for her, but all the rookies, when they get their shot, they're going to take it and run with it because I have so much confidence in them. They're great people and they're great players. And I'm really happy to see what this year has in store for them. Yeah, that's great to hear. Um, so going back to your career, 
what was the transition like from you know FC Kansas City to Utah? Was there ever a period where you just weren't sure if your contract gonna, was going to be picked up? And you know, what was that whole experience like for you? For yeah, for me personally, um, I was unfortunately waived from Boston, so that's kind of how I wound up in Kansas City. Kansas City picked me up um, and went to Kansas City. Had a great year. Like I, I loved Kansas. I loved the girls, but. In this league, it's so small, it's so competitive. There's always that uncertainty, like, am I going to get waived? Am I going to get traded? Like, is this, you know, there's there's so much uncertainty because it's so competitive. And when uh, Kansas City was folding and we didn't know if our team was going to be bought um, or if Utah was going to pick us up, there was so much uncertainty. And you're just like, oh, wow, like, I'm I'm so nervous. And then when Utah... Got the, we got the call about Utah and they were going to pick us up. I was even more nervous because I was like, this is a whole new team, a whole new coach. Like, there's no, like, Laura doesn't have any loyalty to me, you know? Like, you, I could be cut. I, you know, you just don't know. Um, but I would say once I got out here and met Laura, met all the girls and was in the training environment, I kind of settled in. But the whole unknown was really a nerve-wracking experience. But getting out here, it's it's been great. And I'm so thankful that, everything worked out the way it did because Utah's awesome. And I'm so, so blessed. Yeah. It's, it's been great to have you in the team. So, uh, and on that note, both of your, both your goals last season, uh, came in North Carolina. Um, do you think the Royals, the team, do you think they stand a chance without having, you know, the fear there to score the goals? <laughs> I yeah right. I uh, I think they'll probably score more goals without me there. Um, no, they'll be they'll be fine. They're playing they're playing well. I am sad though that I won't be able to go back to North Carolina because I was actually very excited to to go back and hopefully like continue to do the same thing because that was a a really great feeling winning there against a, a really good team. But there's always next year. Yeah, I rewatched that that goal this afternoon and I ah. Uh, just such a thing of beauty that just that turn that shot uh, highlight of the season for sure I know I I always I always think about it just because it was such a a it was a monumental moment for me it was um a game-winning goal and it, it just happened so fast and I'm I'm so thankful that it happened because I think it gave me like a little bit of confidence like okay like you're here for a reason like you're capable of doing something like that, you know? Um, so I'm very thankful that it happened. Um, and I, I'm excited for the team to go to North Carolina because, um, again, that those games we played so well and it just gave us confidence that we can do that against any team. So I think they're going to be fine. I actually know they're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. They're not off to a bad start. Um, I'm sure they miss you, but, uh, three wins in a row is, is an impressive way to start the season. Yeah, and yeah, because I remember last year we um, we weren't playing bad. We were just tying a lot, which was unfortunate. But this year, um, we're obviously it's the beginning of the year. Everyone still has things to work on, get rhythm, get a rhythm down. But we're winning, you know. So not only do we can we still like improve exponentially, and we're not even close to our peak, but we're winning games and getting points when we need them right off the bat, which is crucial, which will definitely pay off towards the end of the year. On that note. Would you say, obviously without giving you know too much away, would you say that there's a big difference in the tactical approach that Harvey has gone with this year compared to last year, or at least in terms of trying to do different things in training? Yeah, I think it's a it's honestly a mix of things. I think last year, like I said earlier, it was just a big unknown. And when we got out here, we settled in, but we still didn't really know who we were as a team. We were kind of just a bunch of strangers thrown together and we were expected to just make it all work within a, within a few months, within a preseason. And I think throughout the year we were trying to figure out like what we, what we were and what we were going to bring to the table. But I think this year we have, we have last year under our belts, like we know what we're capable of. Um, And I think obviously tactically Laura knows the player she has now. She knows our personality. She knows how we like, we, how we like to be coached. So I think she's taking that and saying, okay, well, if you like to be coached this way and you like playing this position, play there. And I think she's really playing to people's strengths and playing to the team's strengths, knowing that last year was kind of a learning experience. 
So I think obviously tactically, like Laura's so smart, she, she knows what she's doing, but I think, um, emotionally and just getting used to Utah and getting used to the team, I think that is making all the difference, you know, cause we're, we're a team now before we were a new team and now we're a solidified team. And I think it's really paying off. Shall we go into some of the bummer injury stuff, I guess? As sad as it is. Of course, it needs to be talked about. <laughs> no. All right. So would you mind telling us when the injury occurred and how it happened? Yeah. So we were in California. We got back from California and had just a regular practice. And I went to um, pressure someone from behind, like not let them turn. And I stopped, I went to stop and intercept the ball at the same time and just hyperextended my knee, um, felt a pop, heard a pop and, um, felt like a pain on the outside of my knee and just went down. Um, I mainly went down cause I was like scared to death. Cause if you talk to any soccer player, usually female soccer players, if they feel anything in their knee, we freak out and we just like shut down cause ACLs are so common in the women's game. Um, went down and walked like, obviously hurt a little bit, but walked off. Everything was fine. Um, and it didn't swell right away, but it swelled up the next day and they were like, okay, like something probably happened. Um, got the MRI, like they did all the tests and they were like, you seem fine. Um, but got the MRI, it came back, it was torn. Um, so that was pretty devastating because I, I felt like I knew I did something, but I thought if anything, I did like a little meniscus or they could just scope it out. But when they were like, yeah, you tore your ACL, I was like, I don't believe you. Can you show me the MRI? <laughs> like I, it was just like so shocking because I did it in high school, but that was nine years ago. You know, I thought I definitely thought I paid my dues. Um, so when they told me ACL, I was just like, are you serious? Um, so the first day was pretty hard. I was pretty upset. But after that, I was like, you know what? It happened at a good time. I'm just going to, I'm going to have enough time to recover and come back. I'm going to go home, get the surgery and then be on my way. Um, but yeah, it really sucks. The hardest part I would say is not even the, the pain or the surgery or the doctor's appointments. It's just not being able to be in Utah with like my teammates and the fans. Like, it, you just take everything for granted, you know, it's a, it becomes a routine, it becomes a job, but when you don't have it anymore and I don't get to go to Rio Tinto on Saturdays with the team and be out on the sidelines and hear the chanting, it's, it kills me, you know? And I think that's, that's the hardest part with any injury is you don't get to play your sport, you know, and you just miss it. Yeah. You said you uh, picked up that injury in high school. What was the recovery like for you then? Yeah. So I did it, um, when I was six, I think I did it my junior year. Um, and I was playing on that old rug turf, the mm. bad turf that should never, ever be on a field. Um, and my cleat got wrapped around the turf and I went to cut and my foot didn't move, but my knee did oh. again, whole big thing. Um, that was actually a pretty painful surgery. I was, and I was also 16 and young and it was my first injury. Um, I would say I came back in like seven months, six, seven months. I was like kicking ball around and then was like contact in like eight or nine. That's usually like, um, pretty much the standard. Um, so yeah, it, it's usually like a nine month recovery, but I think because I have so much time to come back, they're just going to like be cautious, take my time, make sure everything heals correctly. Um, but I'm glad I've done it before cause I know what to expect, but yeah. It doesn't make yeah. it any easier. But well, that's a really great attitude to take about it. That you, you're glad you've been through it before. Um, yeah. So at that point, and maybe it's just you know you're older and wiser, but um, is is your mindset different? You know, was that more devastating back then? Is this harder? I mean, it seems like there might be a bit more in the line now because you're a professional, but at the same time, you might have a better support system in place because you've got trainers and a medical staff and all that. Yeah, no, it, it's true. Cause when you're 16, you, all you have really is like your parents. Cause your friends are also 16. They don't know any better. So 
when you get hurt, you're just like, oh my God, like this is the end of the world. I'm 16. You know, you just, you just don't know. Um, but now that I'm 25, I've been through it. I know that life goes on, you know, there, you can't, you can't make a rainbow without a little rain as cliche as that is. Um, like life, life ain't easy. Um, but I think it just makes the journey that much, that much better, you know, they're like, it's a setback, but, um, you can just come back from it. It's the world, the world's not going to end. Um, and I think that's kind of my mindset that this is just an opportunity to come back next year and just come back stronger. And I'm also glad it happened in a way that I think I can be a good outlet for other players who go through this just because so many girls soccer players and even guys soccer players at a young age tear their ACL. And um, I hope to be like someone that they feel like they can reach out to on Instagram or like tweet at me or whatever and say like, Hey, like I'm going through this. Like, what do you have any advice? Cause I've been through it. I know what to expect. And I just hope to help other people get through this as I'm helping myself get through it. Because I find that you can't do this alone. Um, my teammates have been unbelievable. They've sent me brownies and cookies, which I totally do not need, but I will take them anyway. Um, and flour and just my coaches, my teammates, they've been great. Um, and it just shows that you're not alone. And I just hope that anyone going through something like this, any injury, ACL, hip, shoulder, ankle, all of that, we just kind of all have to stick together and it just makes the process that much easier, you know? That interaction is super awesome. I love hearing that. On that sort of same note, I know, um, you know, obviously Diana Matheson, Rachel Corsi, and then Gunny, uh, I believe every single one of those players have torn their ACL more than once as well. Uh, Have there been some pretty good conversations between those folks as well who have torn it before? I actually did not know Rachel did it. I knew um, Dee did it, and I knew Gunny did it. I actually um, talked to Gunny before I left because Gunny's like a machine. She's so strong. I'm like, Gunny, when I come back, we gotta, we gotta get working out together. You know, like she's, she's a monster. And honestly, like whether you've done your ACL or not, um, I think you could ask all of the Utah Royals, everyone in the NWSL, if they've gone through a serious injury and 90% of the people will say they've gone through it, you know? And like I said, it, it sucks. And you work so hard, you work out in the gym, you do all your runs to make sure that that doesn't happen. But sometimes it's just the luck of the draw, you know? And I think, I think we, that's, again, we all like stick together when, um, when I got hurt before they even knew it was torn, my teammates were like, how's it going? Like I did this and this happened and it was great. And some people were like, Oh, I did this. And it wound up being torn, but like, I'm here for you. If you need me, I have, I have this doctor here. I have this friend here if you ever need anything, you know, and it's just so nice having friends from all over, all over the world, all over the country who have been through so many different things that we can just lean on each other. And I can just text my teammates and say, Hey, I'm having a bad day. Like, what did you do today? You know? And I, I think that's what's so great about playing a team sport is that you're not alone, you know, like you have people that have gone through it and my teammates are unbelievable. And I, I wouldn't have been able to get through this past month without them. And I, I'm just anxious to get back to see them. Cause I, I miss them so much. They're great. Man, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Do you think you'll be able to come out to Rio Tinto for a few games? I hope so. Um, I know. I I hope so. It'll. It all depends on how my recovery is going because I don't want to obviously fly when I still have like stitches in my knee, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I think when the team comes out to, um, they come out to New Jersey in July. I think they come to DC in June. They're all pretty close. I I live like two hours, two and a half hours from Sky Blue, and I live I think two and a half hours from DC. So I'll go to those games, um, and then hopefully towards the end of the year we make playoffs and make the championship, and then that'll give me more time to fly out and go to those games. So I told my team before I left, make it to the finals so that I can come out. (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. So backtracking a little bit, um, you had surgery just a few weeks ago, right? How was that? I had it Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday. Yeah, okay, was, my bad. 
Oh no. Yeah. You're, it was, yeah, it was exactly six days. Um, yeah, I had it Tuesday and it actually went really well. Um, woke up was like the hardest part for me about surgery. Again, I, I don't, I don't mind the pain, like any of that. I don't like the idea of going under when they're like, all right, count, count down from 10. And then, you know, you're, you're going to like not wake up for a little, it freaks me out, you know? So that's the, that's the hardest part for me. But, um, had the surgery, woke up, they were like, everything went well. Um, and I really wasn't in that much pain. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to be in so much pain. And I haven't been in any pain at all, which it has been great because when I was the first time I did it, I was in so much pain. Um, so I'm doing well. I'm really, I'm really happy this one is going as well as it's going. Cause it just makes, it makes not being in Utah that much easier, that much better, you know? So. That's awesome. Is it, is it the same leg that you tore before different. or a different leg? Different so leg? I tore my, yeah, I tore my right one in high school and then this one, I tore my left one. So different knees. So now I no longer have two good knees. <laughs> now they're both, uh, they're both new, both new knees. Um, would you be able be willing to maybe tell listeners a little bit as to what an exactly an ACL tear is? Yeah. Um, Hmm. Okay. So I guess I can, I guess I can just talk about the one I just did. Cause I don't really remember the one I did in high school. So you have, you have like four ligaments in your knee. If you're looking down at your left knee, if you're sitting down, you have your MCL, which is your medial cruciate ligament, which is on the inside of your knee, your lateral, which is on the outside. And then you have your ACL and your PCL, which are kind of on the inside of your knee and they crisscross and they keep your shin bone and your thigh bone together. They keep them from like twisting, sliding, moving around. And when you tear your ACL, usually if you're planting or cutting, it snaps. And that's kind of when they do, if you see on like professional sports, when they grab the knee and bend it and do all those tests, it's to see if your knee is loose. So if your knee if your shin usually like is loose and moves up and down, um, it's usually you tore your ACL and, um, most people, they say like, if you're, if you don't play a competitive sport, um, if you're just like a regular person and tear your ACL, you can live without it. Um, but because we play at least talking about soccer players, because we play a sport that's all about cutting and stopping on a dime, um, you need your ACL because if you don't have it, your, your leg will just buckle. Essentially, it just makes your leg um, unstable. So that's why you have to get it fixed. And again, because it's it's an ACL, it doesn't heal itself. So that's why when it tears, um, it'll never grow back. Like you can't just rest it and it'll grow back. You have to get it fixed. So that's kind of why it's such a unfortunate uh, surgery. It happens all the time in women's sports. I know women are more prone to do it. Men do it, but women are more prone to, but that's why it takes so long because they literally have to reconstruct it. So that's, that's my little segment trying to learn so much. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Yeah. That kind of just, yeah, it's, it's, that kind of just freaks me out to hear that just seems really intense. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I guess I'm so, uh, I'm numb to it just because I've done it and I know so many of my friends who have done it. But when you really sit down and think about it, hearing something like tear and snap and you have to like reconstruct it, it is, it is very weird. And, um, I got, I took the wrap off and I looked at, um, my knee and it has all stitches in it. It's bruised. It's fat. And I'm just like, mm, this, this isn't pretty. My modeling days for my knees are over, <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty invasive. With this injury coming in a World Cup year, which kind of means a a season where you probably would have seen more minutes um, with the Royals, like does that add an extra layer of like frustration or pain to you know picking up the injury, or is it sort of you know just focused on that recovery? No, that was that probably was the hardest part um, hmm. when I when it happened. Um, my first thought was like, Oh no. Like when they told me it was torn, uh, my first thought was, Oh no, this is a, this is going to be a nine month recovery. And then my second thought was, of course it's a world cup year, you know, um, it sucks. And 
I think you could beat yourself to death thinking like, why me? Why did this happen to me? But you're never going to know the answer. Um, so I think that that definitely is what kills me the most is knowing that this could have been a year where I, I definitely could have played more and had an opportunity, but it is what it is. There's nothing I can do about it. Um, and it just gives me more motivation to come back next year and say like, okay, I didn't have my year last year, but this year will be my year. You know, you just have to play the hand you were dealt, you know, and it's unfortunate, but I'm excited to watch, um, again, the girls this year who are in the same boat as me, who will get more playing time. I'm excited to see what they do, um, with this year because it's a long world cup and it's, it's going to be good. I'm excited to watch the girls who are in my position do what they do, what they need to do. Um, so as far as rehab goes, have you started on that yet? Is it just waiting for a little bit more healing? What, I guess, what does the process of that look like? Yeah. So I had surgery Tuesday, um, Wednesday. Well, they give you a, most, uh, ACLs, they give you a, a it's called a CPM machine, but essentially it, it bends your, your leg for you. Um, so I had surgery Tuesday and Wednesday. I was on the CPM machine bending my knee um, most. And then I had physical therapy on Thursday. Um, so I really just got right into it, you know. Um, but I think from what I can remember, the first few weeks of PT are very, uh, I don't want to say monotonous, but they're, they can get very boring. It's a lot of um, bending your leg, just getting range of motions and quad sets. So uh, I don't know if you guys know what a quad sit is, but just if you're sitting down with your legs straight out and you just flex your quad to get the muscle to show, um, when you get surgery, your quad muscle for some reason just doesn't work anymore. So in order to get like quad strength back and get your legs working again, you just have to sit there and try and get your, your quad to flex. And it is the hardest thing in the world for me to do is to just literally get my quad to flex. I'll just sit there and stare at my knee and just say like flex flex and that's kind of what I'm going to be doing for the next few weeks is like quad sets bending range of motion just basic stuff until like the swelling goes down and it's less stiff so basic stuff man rehab can get pretty painful though can't it 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 depends um some parts are more painful than other like the quad sets don't hurt, but I would say from what I can remember about um, my first surgery, getting my range, my full range of motion back, like bending my knee all the way back to back to my butt, that was that got painful at times. Um, but I would say once you get your range of motion and your extension back, it's all kind of just strength doing like single leg squats, doing mobility stuff. So I would say the beginning is honestly the hardest part. But once you're kind of back to being a normal human, walking around without a brace, without crutches is kind of when it starts to get easier. If you can just, I usually tell people who um, get hurt in the beginning, if you can get through the first like month or month or the first few weeks, you're set. That's the hardest part. All right. Um, So before we switch gears here a little bit, I just want to say that so we put out on all the socials, like questions, comments for Brittany Ratcliffe, and there weren't even that many questions. Honestly, it was just a fan base saying like, hey, we really, really hope you get better and we hope you're back soon. You know, we hope that that process goes great for you from dozens of people. I mean, I'm sure that's a given and it doesn't need to be said because you're a fan favorite. Um And so I'm not going to list individual names, but I just want to let you know that there were a lot of people, including us, who are just sending you all the love and all the well wishes on this journey that you're just beginning. No, I, I really appreciate it when, um, when I, like, I think I posted on Instagram just because I knew I wasn't going to be in Utah just because I, I figured it would be easier um, to come back to New Jersey and have my parents take care of me because when the team would be traveling, I would essentially be home alone. So I knew I wasn't going to be in Utah and I knew I had to like post on Instagram and let everyone know like, Hey, I'm not going to be here. And the amount of people that messaged me and I'm assuming message you, um, the Utah fans have been overwhelming. Like I would just get comments on the photos and I would start crying, like not out of like sadness or frustration, just out of pure like joy of how amazing these fans are in Utah. I've, I've never been in a place that 
has such great people. Um, I, they make me feel like more than just a soccer player. You know, they're always like, how, how are you doing? Like they, they care more about the playing time and the goals and they just care about us as people. And it may, that's the hardest part is not being in Utah because I loved game days. I loved seeing the fans. I loved appearances and the fans were like the best part of my day. And, um, I love, I love all of the fans so much. And I guess if anyone's listening, I just want to thank y'all so much for the support and please don't forget about me. If you are, have, if you're yourself are having a bad day or you just want to say hi, like, please like tweet at me, Instagram me, message me. Like, I don't care because it kills me not being in Utah and talking to you guys face to face. So please keep in touch. Cause I, you guys mean the world to me and we wouldn't even have a league without you guys. And I'm, I'm so thankful that Utah has the best fans in the world. They're so great. So thank you for saying all that. You bet. You bet, man. We, we do what we can. We do what we can. All right. Um, away from the teary eyes. <laughs> um, so digging into some questions though. So Stephanie Boston wants to know, what was one thing you found really hard to get used to about Utah? Well, it's not even, I want to answer her question in the way she asked it, but I would say the one thing I loved about getting used to in Utah was there's no humidity uh, where I'm from in New Jersey when the summer comes and the temperature says it's 80 degrees. It feels like 150 because it's humid. It's muggy. You just sweat walking outside. Your hair is like a big fluff ball. It, it's awful. And last summer spending it in Utah, it was gorgeous. So I wouldn't say it was the hardest thing to get used to. It was the best thing is the summers. I, I loved the outdoors in Utah. There was no humidity. Every day was nice. It didn't rain. It wasn't muggy. It was perfect. Utah summers are unbelievable. So it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. If that answers your question. Right on. I'm sure Stephanie will take it as will we. Um, so Stockton wants to know what were some of your favorite memories from last season? From last season. Let's see. Um, I would say the home opener. That was, that was an unbelievable day. Cause it was, all of this was just built up into this one day and we were just like, all right, what's it, are people going to show up? Are people going to like us? And, um, seeing everyone in yellow and just seeing, everyone supporting us was just so cool. And I, I've never been in a stadium that felt like that and really feeling like a true professional. That was such a cool experience. Um, let's see what other memories do I have? Um, I really think just getting, getting used to a place that I had never been before. I've, I had always been on like the East coast. So, um, coming out to Utah and just hiking and meeting all the different people and like, just hanging out by the pool with my teammates and just getting to know everyone. That was probably my favorite. I just, I just, I loved it. I had such an amazing time last year. So hopefully I won't be there this year, but hopefully next year will be the same thing. For sure. For sure. So, um, what are your predictions for the season in terms of who do you think will make the playoffs? And if you want to go there, win the championship. Um, obviously Utah going all the way. That's, that's not even a question. Um, let's see. I've been trying to watch some of the games. I really think, um, this past weekend, I think a a lot of teams tied. I know like sky blue and North Carolina tied. I just saw Houston beat Orlando. They've been a lot of like low scoring games. Um, so I think people are still trying to figure out like their formations, their niches, like how they want to play. But I think it's great that we're playing so well. Um, I think Utah's playing well. Portland always does well. North Carolina always does well. Um, I think Houston will do well. Um, let's see who else. I think like, it's still pretty early to tell, um, but obviously I think Utah is off to a great start, and I think I think it's this is going to be our year. I'm really I'm really optimistic about that. All right. So um, these are some questions from our friend RJ Allen. What are some of the biggest differences in terms of coaching styles between Harvey and Vladko? Oh wow, that's a that's a really good question. 
Um, let's see, different coaching styles. Um, well, I think it's interesting for me because I had never had um, a female coach before. So Laura was definitely the first coach I've ever had that was a girl. And I think it's, it's good because she kind of understands like girls and like friendships and vibes and everything. And I think um, in terms of that, it was, it was different having a coach that um, kind of understood what it was like to be a female athlete, you know? Um, and then Vladko obviously was a great coach too, but he obviously like, isn't going to get into like the girly, com- you know, it's, it's just different. I think they're both great coaches. They both, out of all the coaches I've had, they are one of my favorites. Um, I think in terms of coaching style, I think they're both similar in a way that they're very into, into the game and very smart and know what they're talking about um, without giving away like coaching styles and secrets and stuff. I think I, I can't really tell a difference because looking at them for who they are, I think they're both great coaches, uh, you know, so I wish I could give a better answer than that, but I think they're both, both smart. They both know what they're talking about. Um, but I guess the only difference is Laura's obviously a girl coach and Vladko isn't, you know, I, that's probably the only difference that, um, I could give. I think that's a great answer. Who yeah. is, <laughs> um, who would you say is the hardest defender to practice against on the Royals? Hmm. Let's see. I got, I got, Oh, I don't know. Cause our, our, I think our whole back line is pretty solid. <laughs> um, I would say I would obviously, ha- I would probably have to say probably Becky. Um, I honest, honestly could probably say a good thing about all of our, all of our backs. Becky is so smart. Like she's very good at, knowing what you're going to do before you do it. Rachel is the same way. Rachel is just as smart. Sam is like a hard tackler. Like she, if you do something wrong, like she's going to make you pay for it. Um, Beck is smart as well. And Bowen is also like very athletic and very like good on the ball. Um, I, our whole back line is just, and Mish, obviously the, the newbie, um, she works super hard as well. I think all our, our back line is very good. And I think that's why last year we didn't get that many, goals scored on us because every defender brings something different and they're all very hard to defend. If we, when we do offense versus defense, it's very hard for our offense to score goals. So it says a lot about our back line. Definitely. Definitely. Um, Do you feel like there's a player on the team that maybe doesn't get a lot of minutes, maybe the fans sleep on them a little bit, but they're just a total baller. I would, uh, I would say our whole, our whole bench. Like if you take, if you look at the starting lineup we had in the first two games before um, the, before the national team players left or before the people are leaving for the world cup, um, you put, you sub anyone into that, into that game and they will make a difference. You know, I, I think it's so hard to pick out one player because I think the hardest thing um, last year was our team was so good. Like then in soccer, you obviously only have three subs so only three players can go in, but on that sideline, there's uh, what's 11 minus 18, seven, <laughs> that's seven players that are very, very good and could easily start, you know? So I, I don't want to say one person because I honestly think anyone on our team could start any day of the week and perform and do well. Totally get it. Totally get it. And, you know, just a comment this is one of the things that as I've started watching the NWSL and, you know, getting into it more that I've really noticed is that with the NWSL being the best league in the world, subs matter and every sub is good. You know, obviously if you're playing professional soccer, you're good. But if you look at the MLS, which is a decent league, you know, like it's not, you know, the EPL or La Liga with the NWSL being the equivalent of that, every sub could start, you know, there's not – the, the differences between your subs and your starters in a league like this are so minuscule compared to, you know, every other league. Yeah. And that's it's what great. makes it so that's what makes every day so competitive, you know, it's, and it's great for the league and it's great for women's soccer. Um, it's just such a competitive environment. 
All right. So in this one, we're going to have to force you to pick a teammate again. I don't think it'll be as challenging for you. Um, okay. Who has the best accent? Oh, God. The best accent. Um, well, I think the only people who have accents are, oh, we have, actually, we have a third now with Vero. Um, let's see. I hate having to pick teammates because I, I love them all equally. Um, let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with my roommate, my day one roommate, Bowen. She's my she's my homie, so she'll she'll uh, she knows where I sleep. <laughs> so I would definitely have to say that. But I do love it's Rachel's good. accent. Yeah, I know Rachel's a close, close second. And if I lived with Rachel, if I'd you had to say pick Rachel. someone on the coaching staff uh, between, uh, you know. Laura, Scott, and Jason, who would you say there? Oh, yeah. I'd have to say Laura for sure. I just love when she speaks, whether she yells or when she <laughs> just says words or the phrases she says. It's just, I, I, I'm from, obviously, I've lived in America my whole life, so I haven't really had a great deal of encounters with British accents. Um, but hearing her talk, I could listen to it yeah. all day. It's so, it's so funny. And she's so smart. Um, so when she like talks about soccer and is talking tactically, I'm like, wow, she is so intelligent. She's like an amazing coach. And then when she's like goofy, I'm just like, I can't take you seriously sometimes. (laughs) You know, it's just such an amazing way. I spoke to her the week before, um, uh, the Royals opening game. And I just was asking her about, you know, that bye week and if that was an advantage, and she said it was an advantage because the team had picked up Niggles and Knox or something like that, which I had never heard before. Uh, yeah. And in her accent, it was it was really You're delightful. Really oh, I know it. Her and and Scott, um, they always have these like phrases, and I I just laugh and nod because I, I sometimes don't know what they mean, <laughs> but they make me laugh whether I know what they're talking about. That's a whole other story. That's funny. That's funny. Does um, I know on Rachel Corsi's and Erica Tamarack's podcast, they have this Scottish slang of the week segment. Does does Rachel throw in words too, where it's just like, "What the heck are you saying?" She, this actually wasn't even. Um, I was actually thinking about this the other day, but I don't know why I thought about this. We were just talking about accents, and I think last year I had like a shot at practice, and she was like, "Oh my god, that was a peach," and I was like. peach what is what is that I was like what do you mean she was like a peach and I'm like what's a peach and she's like your shot I'm like how was it like did it curve funny and she was like no it was just a good shot and I'm like I know that's not just a Scottish word but I'm like that doesn't make sense to me like I'm such an ignorant American (laughs) so when she she says these words I'm just like Rachel you gotta you gotta dumb it down a little for the American over here but she's so funny I, I love Rachel she I could hear her talk all day too She's great. A peach. That's good. I like that. I like that a lot. I like it too. I'm going to start using it. All right. So obviously a World Cup year. What are you watching for in the World Cup? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a really good World Cup year. I think it's it's hard because I have so many teammates on different teams. We have New Zealand, America, Canada, um, well, Scotland, we have like so many people playing and I want them all to win. Even if they play each other, I just want everyone to win. Um, but I think it'll be, I think the games will be very good. I think looking back at like the 99ers, the U.S. was just like the best of the best and they had been for such a long time. But I think women's soccer has come such a long way and the game is just advancing and everyone is so good. You know, like teams that didn't even have a national team now are like in contention and like giving the United States a run for their money, you know. So I I think it's going to be a very exciting World Cup and I can't even make any predictions because it's going to be great and I'm really excited to watch it. It's going to be pretty awesome. All right, Lucas, do you have any other questions? Yeah, I had had one more uh, sort of silly question. Um Brittany, if you were running the Royals for for a day and you could uh, bring in any one player to join the team, um, 
and maybe not someone you're friends with, so you're not throwing anyone under the bus, but you're just speaking from quality in the field, uh, who would that one player be that you would bring in? I'd have to say, um, I'd have to say Abby Wambach back in her prime. She was so good. She was just such a, uh, like a great leader and stuff. Um, I loved watching her play. Uh, that's a, it's that's so a great hard. Answer. <laughs> yeah. I, um, it's so hard, uh, picking those because I always want to say as a cop out, I love my team just the way it is. Cause it's such a true answer. Um, but I'd, <laughs> I'd say her, she's a boss. She's a boss lady. I think she would be a good addition. <laughs> it seems like when Arod was at her best uh, with the national team, like those two were playing off each other really well. So that would be that would be fun to see. Yeah, like a dynamic duo. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, um, that's all our questions. Is there anything you want to leave us with, Brittany? Um. Hmm. No, no, I just want to, I guess, just thank y'all so much for um, allowing me to do this. I know it's hard because I'm not in Utah and I, I really won't be on the field much this year, but I really appreciate y'all um, making me feel included and what you do for myself and for the Royals and the team and women's soccer in general. Um, it, it's so great what you guys do and it makes us feel like the pro- like professionals. Um and I really, really appreciate it. And I, I love doing this show. It's I love listening to it. I love doing it. It's it's so fun. I love the questions you guys ask. So thank you for being the best at what you do. It it means so much. You're too kind, Brittany. You're way too kind. Thanks for uh, coming on and listening, and you know, being a part of the organization. And you know, we we wish you as pain free and as healthy a, re- a recovery as possible. As you, uh, yeah. as you work on that journey and hopefully you will, uh, obviously, you know, I don't think in terms of playing wise, but, um, hopefully we'll see you in Utah at the end of the season in the championship game or, you know, a playoff run. That would be great. Yeah, for sure. I, I miss it too much. I'm probably going to come back sooner than I think because I am missing my Utah family. chance